Four teams advance to the NFC and AFC championship games, respectively. That means there's four teams that were eliminated during the divisional round. How do the Cowboys, Bills, Giants, and Jaguars get back to and potentially get over the hump in the 2023 season and beyond? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. To the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of P&W is presented by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM, managing your football franchise from top to bottom all season long, all off season long, well, this is the, the game that is definitely for you. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost in game with promo code locked on ultimate football GM. Okay. The this is always the age old question, Matt. When your mm-hmm. team falls a little bit short, do you stay the course? Do you drastically change things? And I think for all four of these teams, their paths were different and their paths going forward are a little bit different. So, uh, as it pertains to the Cowboys and the Bills and the Giants and Jaguars, who are all sitting at home, all of their fans are at home, sort of stewing in, in big playoff losses, which is always tough for the fan base. Uh, let's see if we can give them a little bit of hope going into next season and maybe start with the Dallas Cowboys, which which have some big name, uh, big name decisions to be made, I think, more so than the others. Yeah, they do. And I'm a Dak believer. I don't know if we've talked enough Dak on here because he led the league in interceptions and he threw some bad picks in this game and that's why they lost. And was it his best year? No. But I still think he's a tier two quarterback. I don't think he's Mahomes and Burrow and those guys. I think he's the eighth best quarterback in the league or something along those lines. I've heard things like, boy, that was a bad contract. Never going to win with this guy. He's Kirk Cousins. I don't believe that at all. I do think that he is an aggressive player and isn't going to lead the league in, you know, smallest amount of turnovers. But he also needs to elevate those around them because, They are, I'm looking at this chart that Pro Football Focus put out in terms of cap space versus draft space, you know, draft uh, resources. And most of these teams are going to be low. I mean, the Cowboys are below average in cap space. They're well below average. They're below average in draft picks that they have at their disposal. Pollard's a free agent. I think job number one for this team is give me another weapon. You know, I mean, I think the league is trending that way anyways, um, Gallup maybe is a better player this year than he was this past year. I think you have to move on from Zeke in some way, shape, or form. That's the bad contract, not Dak being the bad contract. I mean, what you always say about paying backs is killing the Cowboys. It's not paying your quarterback. So I think you have to somehow retain Pollard, and maybe that's even a franchise tag. Tell Zeke, hey, you'll be in our ring of honor someday, but that ship has sailed. And maybe even find one more pass catcher of some sort because Dalton Schultz is up as well, which doesn't sound like much, but you're losing more than you're gaining on offense. 
there's a, there's a lot there and I have big thoughts yeah. and there's one idea that actually I think spreads to all four of these teams and really all eight of these teams when you look at the teams that advanced to the championship round and the teams that were eliminated in the divisional round but uh you nailed it Zeke and Dak those are those are the big decisions first yeah, you yeah. start there then you worry about t- players that aren't on your roster and as far as Zeke Elliott goes this they can get out of the contract they can gain cap space i mean that one seems like it's pretty darn easy and self-explanatory here um if they cut if they cut there, there's some dead money involved but they would still save you know five million dollars even though 11 12 million dollars is, is dead money with like gosh don't don't sign running backs to those big second i keep getting into this conversation uh because people are mad at me because I, I wasn't sure about the, uh, the the Christian McCaffrey trade for the 49ers. And and I'm like, man, well, look at Zeke. Look at Leonard Fournette, who was in the same draft class, who's running around like he's 40 and weighing 260 pounds. You look at um, – He's going to get cut this year too. I mean, yeah, yeah. You right, look right. at um, – uh, I don't know. You just look at all. The I mean, there's tons of them. I mean, there really it, are. It never works out. And Chris McCaffrey clearly is a different beast, and mm-hmm. uh, you shouldn't expect that. So don't go don't go into it because Chris McCaffrey worked out and say, oh, this is the smart thing to do is spend resources on running back. It's just it's just still not. And, and guys like Zeke remind you of that. And you know he's gaining two yards per carry. And even mm-hmm. when Pollard leaves the game. Zeke Elliott's running up the middle like it's a short yardage situation. It's like you're you're not short yards back anymore. You're the main back because Pollard's out. Yeah. So clearly they have to do whatever they can do. And and really maybe the Pollard injury helps the Cowboys because that might limit how many teams are going to be uh, maybe trying to spend a bunch of money on him if he's not able to pass a physical right away when mm-hmm. when free agency opens. And we'll see what that that high ankle sprain and or that broken it was a broken bone. Right? I think it's a broken bone. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that, he won't be able to work out for teams and, and pass a physical yet. So that might make it that much easier. And I think it's a no brainer for the Cowboys to bring Pollard back and and let uh and, and cut Zeke Elliott because you're not gonna find someone to take on that contract. And mm-hmm. so cut Zeke pre-June first, it would be twelve million dollars in dead money. Uh they would still gain about five million if they go post June first, that spreads that cap hit out over two years. So now they're only uh having about six million dollars in dead money and they would gain about twelve million dollars in cap. So post June first designation cut is probably the most likely thing. And I think it's really the only path for Zeke Elliott. So a couple notes is I think when it's all said and done, when we talk about these four teams, this is the one that I would stay the course the most with, you know, I mean, I I don't see wholesale changes. I don't see resources to make wholesale changes. I don't see coaching changes. I think you basically run it back and tweak it. And then the the last Zeke note, you're talking about how he runs just up the middle, like it's fourth and one every time when they would try to get him to the edge and do Pollard things with him after the injury, especially against that Niner speed, it looked like me and you trying to get to the edge. Like that ain't going to cut it anymore. Yeah. And, and the famous plays, the last play where Niners linebacker Aziz Alshair just crushed him after he snapped the ball. Like that's going to be the last oh, memory yeah, is the right. last play of Zeke Elliott, probably in a Cowboys uniform. Unfortunately, cause he had a lot of great, uh, oh, he's been a great player. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot of great, times earlier on in his career real quick going back to Dak just the, the yes. cap stuff here would you consider trading him if a team calls and says hey we love Zach let's trade for him because he's got a crazy huge contract but mm-hmm. it's structured in a way that you would take a massive hit if he was traded it would be like almost 60 million dollars in dead money but his cap number is like 50 million so you're really only you know minus 10 million if you traded him uh, and then if it was post June 1st, again, like we, we talked about before trading and post June 1st, um, all the guarantees, obviously a new team picks up. If it's a trade situation, they're not going to cut Dak Prescott and they probably wouldn't trade him either. I think, I think you're right. You keep Dak and you keep, mm-hmm. you keep going. But the, the, if, if you traded Dak post June 1st, 
It would only be about 18 million in dead money this year, spreading that dead money over a couple of years. And you would gain $31 million in cap space this year. So, so contract wise trading Dak in a post June 1st situation is really doable. If they decide that's something they want to do now, they would have already had to figure out what another quarterback would be right for them. Right. At that point. Cause that's after the draft, but it, it's possible now, even though Dak signed that really big contract recently. I strongly lean towards no, because I think I can write a story where this version of the Cowboys wins the Super Bowl next year or is a contender again, is a Final Four type of team, a Final Six type of team. So I strongly lean towards no. But if you don't think you can get there with this group and you can turn him into a plethora of draft picks and maybe you end up with C.J. Stroud as your as your quarterback or something like that, to get – Again, as you said, I mean, what's the who's your quarterback then? I mean, is it a rookie or you is it Jimmy and you're just going to be eight and eight? I mean, like, I, I'm not cool with that. Cooper team, Rush, Matt. Cooper Rush. <laughs> but we can't forget either that this team's different. Like, I think they need Staubach, Aikman, Romo, Dak. You know, like everything's bigger in Texas. I mean, I don't think they want Jimmy G or Gardner Minshew. You know what I mean? If you look at this from another team's angle, and they'd be trading for Dak and getting uh, the last two years because it's a six-year deal, but two of them were void years because they threw you know big mm-hmm. salad. That's why there's such, so much dead money, and uh, there was guarantees there. And there's uh, a new, uh, let's see, all the guarantees end this year basically. But but uh, Dak for the last two years that a team would be trading for, they would be um, they would not be picking up the 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 bonus money, right? So they would just be paying thirty-one million and twenty-nine right. million, so an average of thirty million a year for Dak Prescott. That's, That's not hard. bad compared to what's going on. Yeah, so I think teams Burrow's might... going to make 50. Right, so teams might call on Dak. And then when you look yeah. at this from the Cowboys' perspective, all that dead money just to move on from Dak, and when you believed in him that much, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Which mm-hmm. leads me to our next topic here. And it's a Cowboys topic right now, but I think it pertains to most of the other teams on the list. And, and the number one thing, I think almost all four of these teams uh, really need to focus on this offseason, including the Cowboys, who should stick with, with Dak, in my opinion, next. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun we had competing against our fellow Locked On NFL host, Chris Carter, who Matt knows well. He's the host of Locked yeah. On Steelers, was our Locked On NFL champion. He came in first place in our, uh, in, in our little competition there. And now it's your turn to compete. But more on that later, ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? That dream can come true with this game, and you'll manage every aspect of your franchise through seasons trying to build your dynasty. You are uh, controlling naming rights of your stadium, but really the stuff on the field is the fun stuff. Hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency, of course, the NFL draft, and all the ups and downs of a season, all in a challenging and realistic game world. And Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in-game when using promo code Locked On. That's one word, all caps, Locked On in the game. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed up to the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you are sub- make sure you're checking out the podcast for your specific team, which is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network every single day. And 
uh, the Locked On NFL channel with you know NFL key predictions, game to game episodes every Monday from local insiders. Of course, Peacock and Williamson right now is on the Locked On NFL channel as well. Uh, more news on that potentially later, and of course yeah. available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We do have some news about the Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel, by the way, coming up on another date. But big things tomorrow we'll tell you about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm seeing the numbers, man. This the, the NFL is crazy, and NFL fans, I, I guess, got to appreciate everybody seeing the numbers growing into January. Um, and there's no off season with our podcast, and and we love uh, to be honest with you, Matt. Uh, especially with this show, I love chopping it up about off-season stuff oh, me too. Yeah. an episode like this is fun and look and next week we have an extra week we got senior bowl in between the nfc champion afc championships and the super bowl so lots of fun conversations all off-season long so you can tune yeah. into us every single day all year long and then when your niners news we when your niners lose we can do a, a big uh <laughs> recap like this yeah. for them too i can't wait for that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, hopefully that's in february <laughs> So, all right, who are we talking about next year? Well, you got an overriding theme, yeah. This is the Dallas Cowboys thing for sure. When okay. you look at this football team and you watch the 49ers Cowboys game, and then you watched all the other games from divisional round weekend, we're talking about the New York Giants losing uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals beating the, the Buffalo Bills. And of course, uh, and I think maybe less so Chiefs Jaguars. That was a different situation. Mm-hmm. But I think the other three teams for sure. Look at the teams that are still in it. Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase, Mixon, Higgins, Boyd, right? You look mm-hmm. at the you look at the 49ers, Debo, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle. You look at the um Philadelphia Eagles, AJ Brown and Goddard and Devontae Smith and you're starting to see what is really happening in the NFL is not only are quarterbacks important, but the weapons they have are also really important. And you look at the teams that lost the Cowboys. It was like, okay, CD lamb, 10 catches for hundred yards. Who cares? That's not enough. There was nothing else happening to beat the 49ers. You look at, um, and, and we talked about this before the game even happened with the bills and the Bengals. Josh Allen throwing to Stefan Diggs. And not really anything else. No running game. No dynamic players making plays for that football team. And there's tons on the other side of the field. And, of course, none more stark than the Philadelphia Eagles and their playmakers on offense versus the playmakers on offense for the New York Giants. It's almost miraculous that the Giants got as far as they did with their lack of playmakers on that side of the ball is Saquon Barkley, and that's about it. So I think the overriding theme for all these teams is receivers, 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 Ball carriers, like dynamic playmakers on offense, add weapons to make your quarterback better. And I think for the Cowboys, that's the most obvious. And Dak's going to be so much better next year. He's probably going to, you know, come down to the mean a little bit as far as throwing fewer interceptions. He's going to have to do less because he's going to have more playmakers. And so you got to resign Pollard and you got to flip, you know, a plodding running back into a dynamic uh, receiving weapon. Uh, And so that's, I, I think that's probably the number one thing on the list for at least three out of four of these teams. And, and maybe even all of them, when you consider the Jaguars as well, who who kind of did that already last year and it helped them out. And you're, you, they have uh, Ridley coming back and you hope that that's something they got to resign, you know, Evan Ingram. So add playmakers, all four of those teams is probably number one on the, on the list for every single one. 
I think the league's really going that way. And, you know, it's easy to say Urban Meyer's out. That's why Jacksonville's so much better. Big coaching upgrade. Well, they're also not throwing to Laquan Treadwell anymore. I mean, the guys that Lawrence were throwing to last year were not, should not be on the field. And it's interesting to me because I'm feeling that way as well. I'm a purist. I want linemen. I want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Receivers might be more important than linemen now. And I, 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 would, I wouldn't go that far. Let's let's calm down here. I well, I, 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 I but it's it's the the gap is closing. I, I think that's okay. completely fair. And I also think it's not just having some guys; it's having the guy. I, I look at the Mismatch. Eagles versus the Titans. The Titans are well coached. They've got a, a great defense. They've got a star running back. They traded away AJ Brown, and that team is mediocre as heck. Yeah, with all of that, what they had going for them, and all of a sudden we saw what it did to the Philadelphia Eagles and saw them take off and make it to the next level. And that's sort of anecdotal and just one team and, and one idea. But when you look at the teams that are left, they all can kill you in multiple ways. Uh, a lot of it with the chiefs is because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed. And, and, you know, they have like a group of playmakers, sort of an, uh, almost a no name group of playmakers there, but a lot of guys who can make plays, but the other teams have multiple stars that they can get the ball to and, and help out their quarterback. Yep. So I got two nuggets on that. First of all, I was just so happens you were a little late today, by the way, on the invitation, pulling back the curtain. So I'm just kind of standing here waiting for my <laughs> my, my my link to, to, to get on there with you. And I'm listening to the Athletics podcast as I, as I was waiting. And they were debating. It was Nate Tice and Bill Barnwell and Robert Mays, who's the host. And I liked what they said because they were kind of having a similar conversation. Tice said, a good O-line gives you a high floor as an offense. Great receivers give you a high ceiling. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Like, if I have a really good O-line, I'm going to be a an average to above average offense and be able to play it a certain way. But if I have great receivers, my ceiling is unbelievably high. And I, I tend to agree with that. I've been thinking about that, you know, just the last 20 minutes or so. And so as you were talking about the, the great receiving weapons or weapons period that are left in the in the dance, I pulled up my handy dandy spreadsheet, you know, my, my playoff rank grid that I wrote and, and that got a lot of attention and a lot of scrutiny and receiving weapons. Number one, San Fran. Number four, Philly. Number two, Cincy. All still alive. KC, I had a 10 because I feel like it's Kelsey and everybody else. Right. But when you have Superman as your quarterback, you can get away with that. And that's, I mean, and it's still a pretty dynamic thing. If you compare, right, right. I would take, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, and the group of playmakers that the Chiefs have over Cowboys, Giants, oh, Bills, yeah. and uh, who else? I already forgot who the other team we're talking about here. Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah. It's still yeah. better than all the those four. Right, right, right. My yeah, so. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said to that. And we planned on talking about four teams, and but I do think that is a great theme of the offseason is I want one more weapon. I'm starting to get really greedy with weapons. Like, is, is slot receiver the biggest need for this team? No, but this slot receiver in the draft can really run. Give me him anyway, you know. And, and I would say, yeah, you need a lot of playmakers, but also the value of that dude, that number one guy. It's mm -hmm. like – I don't think it's enough anymore to say, ah, oh, we got a number one and then we got a couple other guys. It's like, okay, well, let's get another number one. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. They back at him. Okay, have fun over here on this side. And I think that's some of that's that's one of the things that's unlocked uh, the 49ers offense when you have bring in someone like Christian McCaffrey. And it's just a nice fit for Kyle Shanahan, right? But mm -hmm. 
when you consider how much they used to be able to focus on Debo and now they can't. And so now you have to play him a little bit straight up and you think about the Eagles. It's like, okay, well, you know, we'll worry about these, this guy and this guy. And now it's like, well, now there's AJ Brown over here. So one of those guys is going to be open and have a one-on-one matchup. And so, um, and the I, Eagles I was, are a little different because like, I just lump their whole run game together because hurt. I don't care who the ball carrier is. It's often hurts, but boy, I have to dedicate so many resources defensively to this great run game. But how do I guard Goddard Smith and Brown now? I mean, when it was just Goddard right. and Smith, that was feasible. Now it's a third guy. Ugh, I can't do all that. No, if you got eight in the box and you're spying, Jalen Hurts, you know, that you just don't have guys in coverage for those. Guys. Right, right. I mean, this is just math. You still got to build the lines, though. So what we're what we're learning is you got to you got to be good everywhere. So you got to skimp somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Like you just you know don't play Sorry. don't pay, don't pay safeties don't pay. It's line. funny I, because. I just wrote an article yesterday for the local website I write for here, DK Pittsburgh Sports. And the whole crux of it was, what can the Steelers learn from these four teams? And in the end, I didn't have a conclusion. Like, this is the blueprint to get to the final four. But I do think any negatives get exposed. Yeah, I mean, playoff football, if you have a weakness, a glaring weakness, they're going to find it. Maybe you win a game or two, but at some point it's going to show up. And that doesn't mean you can't win the Super Bowl without a weakness, but you better not have uh, a, a crippling weakness, which almost every team does. More on the specifics of, we've already talked to Cowboys, more on the specifics yeah. though of the Bills and the Giants and the Jaguars next. Really excited about our latest sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network because they are the number one sports book in America. That's right. FanDuel is now the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads. And of course, now when we reference all of our uh, point spreads here on the podcast, which we will do when we make our picks this week. It will be the lines we find at fanduel.com. And you can sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on player props. There's a parlay builder, which is always super fun. Same game parlays as well, trying to get that bigger payout. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sponsor of Sportsbook's partner of the NFL and now of the Locked On Pod, Podcast Network as well. I'm geeked out about the FanDuel. I'm getting geeked out about That's these the NFC and AFC championship games as well. So we'll be covering those. we got James Rapine of Locked On Bengals talking with us on tomorrow's podcast. But about those eliminated teams, Matt. So looking specifically. I don't know if we can get to all these now. I mean, we just kind of well, went off I, on a tangent. Maybe we'll stick the <laughs> NFC. Or, you know? Right. We nailed the, the biggest aspect of all of them, I think. Um, I think the Jaguars is easy not to put them aside. But for the Jaguars, it's like, look, re-sign Evan Ingram. We just talked about needing weapons yeah. for your young quarterback. And you're just, you know, adding the best players you can. Just continue building that thing. They're on the right track there. And so yeah. uh, I, I think that one's more organic with the team that's that's good and they could build themselves into something great. Keep drafting the best players, keep adding playmakers on both sides of the ball, 
adding linemen, offensive line, you know, make, make, make year three even better. Let's see the growth for Trevor Lawrence into year three with even more around him. I 100% agree, but not everyone out there might realize, despite having a rookie quarterback and a young upstart team, they're they're up against it cap wise. I mean, they've have they have a lot of bigger contracts on that team because they had to overpay free agents to come there before. So they're they don't have as much flexibility as people think. And oh, by the way, they're not picking first overall again either. You know, I mean, like <laughs> I, when you go to the playoffs, you don't get as much draft capital. I think they do have some mechanics in some of those contracts. And look, mm-hmm. uh, Christian Kirk's not going to see the end of his contract. You know what I mean? It's one of those Jay things. Jones so they might need yeah. to keep drafting and developing wide receivers to in- eventually replace those guys because the ones they overpaid are not going to see the end of their contracts and they're going to get some uh, money by restructuring and cutting some of those guys later. So I think there is there are some mechanics doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and they've had they to just have a blank checkbook, though, and do anything they want. Right. And now right, they right. don't. Yeah. So now they have to get some cost control talent around yeah. around Trevor Lawrence. New York Giants here. Uh, clearly, Saquon Barkley different than everybody else. This one's harder, to be honest with you, because yes. I just talked about how you don't go crazy paying running backs. Saquon was great this year, but man, I mean, the wheels are going to fall off if you sign him to some huge deal. But here's your entire offense. You got to resign him. So that that one's tough for me because they're going to give him a contract that uh, I guess he just got to and he's, he's he wants to be paid. At the, at the most that anybody's paid in the NFL at running back. And that's usually a bad contract. But if you want to compete, you kind of have to do it. And the, the Giants are backed into the corner because they have no other way to score on offense right now, and they still need to add more with Saquon Barkley. They are tough because they outkicked their coverage. You know I mean? They didn't think they would get this far, in my opinion. This was a rebuild year. This was a tear-it-down year. This is get-your-cap-in-place type of year. And, wow, we end up going to the playoffs and winning, winning more games than we thought. But they got the Barkley situation and the Daniel Jones situation. And I know Dak and Daniel Jones ended on bad notes, as most quarterbacks do. Only one gets to hoist the trophy. But I think you have to run it back with Daniel Jones. You're not picking in the top eight or anything like that. I mean, I think you have to try to get a two-year deal done with him or something along that those lines. Probably more than he's worth. He'll probably get 30, and people will be like, $30 million for Daniel Jones. Th- that's kind of all you got. And – if you can get that done, then I'm franchising Barkley. I don't want to give him a three or four year deal. I would love to have him on a one year deal. And if I franchise him, maybe someone comes calling and say, we'll give you a first round pick for him. And then I'm talking about that. And then. Then you I, get worse. That That's the only thing. I know. I, I know. Is you kind of getting worse before you get better. I would probably go. This the team opposite. might get worse anyway. <laughs> well, I, I think they might just kind of. Yeah. yeah they, they, there was some luck involved and. Uh, and obviously they did a great job there. I, I, to be honest with you, I think Daniel Jones had 0% to do with their success. And I, I wouldn't pay I, I anything mixed close on to that. that. Ask for as a free agent. So I would kind of do it opposite. Make sure you're good in the short term. Make okay. sure Saquon, you pay him, but also you can get out of it in two years. You know, that, So it's more about structure with Saquon because he's probably not going to show up anyway if you try to franchise tag him like his, with a running back too. too. So. Do what you can with him. Try to make it look good, but a deal that you can get out of if the wheels do fall off. And, you know, they just mm-hmm. they just do with running backs. Although he's really good in the passing game, and that might be the saving grace for that's a running back to question. last a little longer, last a couple of years longer, which we've seen. That's the difference between Chris McCaffrey and, you know, who else? And actually, Zeke was a good receiver, too. It's just mm-hmm. 
but not McCaffrey level, you know. Right, right, exactly. Saquon's probably the one guy who, you know, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey are just kind of different dudes Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, and you still see that athleticism in in Saquon, so you haven't seen any clues to the breakdown, but that's usually one of the things that that kills you. But as long as you can get out of that in a couple of years, uh, I wouldn't have said that they should have re-signed. I I thought they should have traded Saquon Barkley last offseason, to be honest with you, and and Mm then helped their rebuild, but uh, he was so good for them. So re-sign Saquon, make sure you can get out of that deal in a couple of years, and I think you're going quarterback hunting. And they've got a ton of cap space, so they can do what they, they need to do. Space, yeah. How about, okay, look, Brian Dable clearly has no problem ru- running the ball with his quarterback. What about Lamar Jackson with the New York Giants? They can afford to pay him. They can afford to pay him. They could probably get a, a, a nice compensation package. They have some important pieces in place. Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, Thibodeau, you know, in expensive positions. I don't know. I don't love that one as some as the other fits. Just because I think that I think you go from a seven or eight win team to a nine or ten win team. I don't think that makes you a contender. I think there's too much other stuff. I think going from Daniel Jones to Lamar Jackson is the quickest way to add that playmaker to your offense and be better instantly mm-hmm. throw one receiver in there, you know, one. And they get like Wandell Robinson back and Sterling Shepard. Yes. I mean, like no, no position group in the league gets hurt more than giants receivers. You know, they'll move on from Kenny Galladay. I'm sure. But clearly it's the offensive side of the ball, right? Whether it's Daniel Jones or not. Uh, to me, I think you move on from Daniel Jones because he's not a big enough part of it. And whatever yeah. you would have to pay him just doesn't make sense. $30 million a year, you could go get whatever you want. Uh, and I'd rather just roll roll with a, a rookie quarterback or or go trade for another quarterback. So th- that's I mean, what I would be looking at is something dynamic needs to be added. Multiple dynamic pieces need to be added. Hopefully, you know, Wandale Robbins and some of those guys are already that for the New York mm-hmm. Giants going into next year. And, and- I, there, there's an argument out there that if they rolled with Tyrod Taylor, their backup the whole year, would the season been a lot different? Maybe not. I, I mean, I, I can see both sides of that. I'd rather Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, but you could roll it back with him, trade for Trey Lance, use a second round pick on a quarterback, try to cheap it right. out, you know, and mm-hmm. while you're building the infrastructure a little bit, something like that. Um, quick defensive note, though, like I love their defensive front. But Leonard Williams is a good player. He's not a tremendous player. He's like a $35 million cap hit. Like, he's getting cut. And their back seven isn't very good. Yeah, there's a lot of work. They need a lot. This is a tough roster. This is a tough roster to make great. But as long as they're able to somewhat do what they did this year and they can add a little more on offense, it makes them a better team on paper. I don't know if Mm -hmm. the results will be better next year. But if we did this thing before, well, if we did this one year ago when the Giants were eliminated, we would say this is probably a three-year rebuild. Probably still is. Yes. Yeah. To get where they want it to be. Yeah. I mean, it still probably is two more years. Right. The Buffalo Bills is the last team. Um, Clearly, this team playmakers. We've talked about that. Beyond the playmaker thing, because there needs to be a Robin to – digs batman and there's some good players there but I, I i would i would be looking around and maybe the bills can't find that player maybe that guy's not available this offseason um whether it's the draft you're trying to develop a guy whatever and i think they kind of try to do that a little bit with cooks last year um with cook excuse me uh mm-hmm. last year in the draft and maybe he helps them a little bit but to me 
one playmaker for sure needs to be added, but they've got to fix the offensive line. And I think they've got to find some dynamism on the defensive line or just hope that Von Miller comes back and is that guy because there there's more work here to this Bills team that we thought was a juggernaut coming into the year that started to really show some, some holes at the end of the season and eventually with their exit. Yeah, this team worries me. I'm not saying their window shut. It, it didn't. But this was the year they went all in. That was the Von Miller move. They pushed their chips into the middle and they got eliminated. They, you know, they didn't have the best hand at the poker table. And this chart I'm looking at, only the Saints and Dolphins have less offseason resources than the Bills. You know, I mean, and they have guys like Edmonds, Poyer, um, several others hitting free agency that are important players for them. And I'm with you. I think their biggest need is one more weapon. You know, maybe they push their chips in again and trade for DeAndre Hopkins, put him opposite digs or something like that. Or their first round picks a receiver at a minimum. That being said, I thought this was obvious when they played the Bengals this past week. They kind of could use, and this is going to sound so 80s of me, Jerome Bettis and Vince Wilfork. You know, like you play in Buffalo, you know, like you can't, they're built like a dome team. You know, like you need a back that can close teams out. You know, you need a, a, a power guy. I mean, you need to stop the run middle of the defensive line, eat up block nose tackle type almost, you know, like they live in nickel and they get pushed around. And luckily for the Bills, those are some of the easiest things you can find in this. You can get that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they should be able to get that. And those are some band-aid things. And I, I, you know, if money's the crunch, I don't think you're re-signing Tremaine Edmonds for what he would. I don't think command. He he, he's not a good enough coverage player in this day and age in the NFL. You know, linebackers I think is something you can find unless they are just Mm -hmm. ridiculous in in coverage and a do it all three down sort of a player. And and Tremaine Edmonds, you know, you thought would be that he's just not quite at that elite level of player, even though he's still only 25 years old, which is hard to, hard to believe he was, I think a redshirt sophomore, right? When he came out in the draft, it's ridiculous. Um, Side yeah. note, the, uh, the Steelers are going to sign both the Edmonds brothers, by the way, to a group. Deal. Oh, okay. Well, there kind, you go. Kind of, they're both free agents. They're going to both come here. <laughs> it's kind of what they do. Hayward, Watts, Edmonds, you know, just Actually, all, the, all the brothers. That's a great fit. And I, I know that oh, perfect, Steelers yeah. defense is kind of not quite what it used to be as far as, um, you know, scheme wise, I think of the old, you know, three, four Greg Lloyd Steelers defenses, right? Oh, but yeah. I always thought Tremaine Edmonds with his size would be someone that you can move around and, and rush more off the edge and, you know, mm-hmm. and it'd be more of a almost like a Micah Parsons type of a, a player where you could play a lot of different positions and um, rather than just a straight up, you know, inside backer off ball at six, four. Yeah. Uh, but their defense is going to lose more than it gains. Like I would much rather resign Poyer if I had my choice between the two of them, mm-hmm. but you got to find a, somebody for Edmonds. Like I said, they always played nickel. They have two, two linebackers on the field, like every snap. Well, they need to find another one now. I mean, and the O-line could use some work and they need a power back and another receiver right. and Josh Allen's making 8 million bazillion dollars. And, you know, all of a sudden the, the bills are coming do you know, they're due. Right, and you start to see why it's so easy for teams that have quarterbacks on rookie contracts to build the rest of the roster versus those teams that have already paid their their quarterbacks. Yeah. And we saw last year it was the uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs losing dollars from their roster basically mm-hmm. because you got to start paying Patrick Mahomes, and it was Tyreek Hill that left. And luckily, they were able to overcome that. Can the can the Bills overcome that? And they might have to be a lot more frugal with their shopping and the pieces that they build around Josh Allen, but clearly they have some holes and uh, I think it's both lines and I think it's playmakers. I think those are the the two biggest keys there. And and we'll wrap this up, but either next week or three weeks from now, we're going to have this discussion about the Bengals. Well, 
can you maintain it? Maybe they maybe they win the Super Bowl this year. Great chance of doing so. But when Burrow's making fifty million, you're not going to have Chase and Higgins and anything. One of them's gone. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna. That's when the the do the, the, the all the bills get paid. You know. It's gonna be fascinating. the The cap's going up the next two years, though. So, does, yep. will will these teams be able to pull it off? We've seen teams like the the Rams and the and I, and I think we're gonna see a lot more. We're gonna see a lot more draft picks traded. We're gonna see teams going for it, and so maybe that's the way that some of these teams say, you know what, we'll worry about those bills later. The cap is going up. We're gonna spend what we have to now. We're gonna restructure what we have to now. We don't care about the rookies in the draft. We're gonna trade those first round picks for players that can help us now. And I have a feeling some teams are gonna see that and be like, well, that's the blueprint. We got to compete, and we're gonna do what teams like the Rams and the Eagles have done in the past, and and start moving some of those draft picks for players that can that we know can help us win because we got to get over that hump especially for the bills the bills are due to go get that title and so a uh, huge yeah. offseason for them i think they're going to be aggressive it's just a, this it's amazing the bills were one of the best five or six teams in the league you know lasted up until late january but it's a disappointing year it's a disappointing year right uh, yeah. and yeah. i think the cowboys too the cowboys and bills are in that okay we're going to go aggressive this offseason mode whereas yeah. the jaguars and the giants that we talked about are like oh they're okay, slow playing it let's yeah let's build this thing right let's build mm-hmm. this so two very different ideas with the, with those four teams Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We are getting into championship week uh, Sunday conversations. It will be James Rapine of Locked On Bengals joining us yeah. tomorrow. And, of course, Friday, we will make our picks for both the AFC and NFC championship. Make sure you are tuned in to Peacock and Williamson. We'll talk to you then.